0: We're continuing on our Sermon on the Mount series. But we are on chapter 6 and the Lord's Prayer became a, a series within a series. This is part 3 today and we're focusing on verse 11. Seven words, give us this day our daily bread. So that means we have two more coming uh, to Sundays, and then we'll finally, um, well actually next Sunday is, uh, the following Sunday would be the Father's Day, Wade, Wade will be speaking on fa- special Father's Day message, and then we'll finally move into the uh, the latter parts of Chapter 6. Do you remember um, as we went through the Lord's Prayer? The Lord's Prayer is actually more appropriate to call it Disciple's Prayer because it's the Lord's teaching on prayer and how to pray. So it's a pattern prayer. Not necessarily uh, repeating the same thing over and over. But pray like this. It's a pattern for our Uh, learning to pray so that's hence the reason why we called it uh, learning to pray and and before we delve into the passage verse 11 let's look at the big picture first verse 9 begins with pray then like this our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And notice that there are two parts of it six petitions, but the first three is about God's glory. God's glory of his name, God's glory through his kingdom, God's glory that his will be done on earth as it is heaven. The second part is about our needs and our daily needs today, daily bread, our physical, uh, most basic needs, and forgiveness of sins. It is our spiritual needs and our deliverance, from evil, the protection, and our moral needs in that. But it's important for us to look at the relationship between the first three and the second three petitions. Let's look at it this way. What it does not mean will help us to focus on what it means. So first, it does not mean that the first three petitions are a means to an end, and that is to get God to give us the second three petitions. And oftentimes across Crossway, we've been uh, having this right vision of God. To think rightly is the most important thing, because when you think about wrong thoughts about God, it's a beginning point of idolatry. So how do you think rightly about God? You look into the scripture. How do you think wrongly about God? You get influenced by the culture. The American culture is a pragmatic culture. So even even looking at this prayer, we could think about pragmatic way. Pragmatic way. The question is always: Does it work? In God's case, is does He work? Does Christianity work? Uh, in more daily language, is a consumer Christianity. So we would dare not to call God, adjective using useful God. But if we do pay dues, typically all other religions are that way, to deity, so that deity can give us blessings. And prosperity gospel is very close to that um, typical idea of a Baal worship. So you sacrifice and you do uh, religious duties that God gives you lots of fruits and, and lots of livestock in that year. Fertility God, you know, in a way. But in, in today's modern consumer Christianity, the prosperity gospel has been very, very popular. And they will not use this adjective. And it becomes a useful God if we are using God as a means to our end. We're not to do that in this prayer. If you look at the scripture, God is a sovereign God who calls us to His plan, to His purpose, to participate in His glory. Eventually, we will share His glory face-to-face, co with Jesus Christ, His Son. For eternity, we will dwell with Him. That is the really essence of the gospel. Another way it does not mean is that our relationship with God is to be compartmentalized as a part of our lives. This is a typical American spirituality as well. The politicians will say, I'm a Christian, but my religion is very private matter. So in other words, it's a compartment. Sometimes important, but sometimes neglected, sometimes shameful compartment. So in a way that when we are thinking about first three, God's name to be hallowed and God's Kingdom to be expanded and to come and God's will to be done is not necessarily one part of my religious life. And then now we finally get to whatever you want to call it. People people call normal life as if this is not normal life. Many of you have heard this and agree with me conceptually. But I warn you, including myself, on a spectrum, we could always have tendency, because why? We could be self-centered, we could be man-centered, and we could want results from, from prayer. A typical number one reason, why do you not pray? Because I don't get results from, some people get all these answers But I want to endure, I could endure hardship of focusing and concentrating, fighting distractions. If God answers, what do I pray? We cannot do that. We are not to do that. Jesus teaches us. It's a revolutionary. I'm praying that you will, Holy Spirit will open your eyes and for the first time maybe, so with some of you, To see God's view of our life in Him. So it means, number one, that the purpose of God's provision for our needs is to enable us, maybe fuel us, to pursue God's glory, God's kingdom, and God's will with all of our lives. So God enables us in that. And number two... It means that when our prayers are God-centered, our deepest joy is found in, let me just say, God. God becomes true, lasting, most treasured joy. The evil one's job is lie to us uh, distract us and our sinful nature goes off God's plan and God's purpose and thinking that God is coming at us to get us and any kind of painful stories and suffering the danger is always there But think about this: even if you are sinful, you and I are sinful, wicked. But we have a good intentions. Let's say we do have abusive, you know, fathers and uh, alcoholic fathers, and people who are abandoned and you know, the absent fathers. But most cases, including us, we have a good intention. And we want to do good things for our children. And the scripture says, Jesus says, God the creator, the sovereign king of the universe is our Abba, Father. Our dear, dearest Father. But and yet, our Father is in heaven, so he's not like us. He doesn't have problems, he doesn't have imperfections, he doesn't have all this brokenness that we experience, even as our, ourselves as a dads. He has a full omnipotent power to carry out best things for us. He has omniscience. He knows exactly what we need and he has infinite wisdom. Stay with me on this. If God is consistently always good in eternity and things that we cannot see, he sees it and he knows what's best for us and he has a plan for us for the eternity the pain and suffering we are going through is a short period and this also has a purpose in God's plan that he will reveal that most of all those you know the more deeper the pain and suffering is It trying to explain explaining the way through Romans 28 type of verses will be cheap on the purpose of God. It doesn't, it doesn't help. It's actually better for us to keep our mouth shut and to be with that people who are suffering. In the same time we, us too. but think about this idea of God, is the most treasured joy. Not to be convinced, but eternally he will be. But those of us who are still being convinced, this is a faith problem, isn't it? Jesus is saying, God's supreme glory and sublime glory is our best joy. We are in that. We are not God's part of... God is not part of our lives. We are entering into... become part of God's life. Everything belongs to Him. Belong to us. So when we pray, these three prayer requests, petitions, is actually trusting that God has... Sovereign plan for us. That he will use us for his glory. That two are actually one passion. God's glory and our happiest joy. Our true happiness is one passion in this prayer. So focusing on verse 11. As I said, there are seven words here. Give us this day our daily bread. And do you know that uh, the single verse has so much that I just couldn't put it together with another verse. And my plan was, you know, verses 11 and 12 and and 13 as a finishing message. But this one had so much as I'm just spending time and meditating. Let's do that. At least three key principles that Jesus teaches us from this fourth petition. Let's meditate on each word and how it guides us. The first one we're going to meditate is the word bread. From that, the first principle is this. The The fourth petition teaches us to rely on God for our daily needs including small things through prayer. So remember that first three were sublime context of God's name to be hallowed for eternity. God's kingdom, consummated kingdom, would come eventually fast, Lord Jesus come, and yet God's kingdom will be continually being expanded. All, all the earth, and not only here, but in unreached people groups, in where Bo and Cindy and their families right now, and the wait in Hellland, will be preparing to go go back, and even in North Korea. May God's kingdom come, and God's will be done. After that monumental prayer request, fourth petition. Jesus teach us to pray concerning our personal needs, our individual needs, and our communal needs is bread. Basic human need. Something to eat today. As a matter of fact, spiritual Uh, fathers, the church fathers in early churches including Augustine couldn't take this small request after the sublime petitions in top three so they spiritualized it. Oh this must be the communion, Eucharist, the bread in the lord's table and the word of god What jesus says men shall not eat live with the bread alone by word of god as well so they spiritualize it no in eternity if we could second meaning second application our daily bread could be our spiritual food daily as well so as a matter of fact there's a you know devotional called our daily bread Many of you know that. But first and foremost, straight meaning, a physical, literal bread. From culture to culture, it's different. So, in, in one of the poets uh, writing this as a, his, his poem, I love that fact that he says, Give us this day. Our daily fish. As a fisherman, something very basic. So the reformers like John Calvin or Martin Luther came up with this clarification, and which which I'm really grateful for. And Luther's definition of bread is a a symbolism. For everything necessary for the preservation of this life, which is food, water, clothing, housing, health, safety, and etc. Human basic needs. So in light of the fact that after these three big petitions, Jesus teaches us to pray for our most basic need, we need to understand we can, not only we can, but we should ask for small things, even small things. you know, A lot of times when and I ask, ask for uh, prayer requests, some, sometimes this kind of questions that answers that I get is this, well things are going on, we don't have any prayer requests, don't worry. Well I, I heard you guys are preparing for this, Oh no, it's okay. I don't want to bother you guys. It's a small thing. Imagine your your kid comes up to you and said, um, I was gonna ask you something, but don't bother. It's a small thing. I don't want to bother you with this thing. What do you need? And then, oh, reluctantly, you know, I, I was gonna ask for a new pencil set, but it's a small thing. Why do I bother you? I'll just go and borrow somebody else's. Your heart will be breaking, aching. So imagine this when God comes to us, He's our Heavenly Father, Abba Father. He cares for our needs and He wants to answer our prayers and He delights to hear that. As a matter of fact, He knows our need even before we ask him one clarification is our need is daily necessities not our greed so oh i we could ask for anything it's it, you know i've been always fascinated this you know nice cars bentley i'm going to pray for bentley god's a big god right Actually, prosperity gospel preachers actually do that without shame. And it is really the false gospel. They will stand before God so we don't have to worry about. But in some sense, the evil ones using that to diffuse the real gospel to others, right? Well, we, not, we need to pray this in you know, the way that Jesus te- teaches us. Pray for our need. If it is a small thing, God delights to, even if it's God delights to hear that. So pray for that. Pray with faith. Pray with anticipation, as you would to your child, with your best wisdom. And even if the child asks something. in your earthly father's mode you're not financially doing really well but you want to feel like but God doesn't have that problem again in the chapter later Matthew 7 verse 8 through 11 Jesus urges us to pray ask In verse 8 for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it it will be all open for or which one of you if his son asks him for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good, good things to those who ask Him? And by this time, there's already nagging question, right? In verse 8, it's, it's Matthew 6, 8, Father, your Father, Heavenly Father, knows what you need even before, before you ask Him. The question is, why do you, if he knows, why does not he just give it to us? Well, he does. Think about what you have, how many things have you prayed for. Everything came from God, or well, a lot of times God gives us, but the, the relational, faith relationship with you and Heavenly Father develops intimacy, and God works in your heart. That's why the prayer is so important. That's my quick answer, but let's hear John Calvin's answer. Believers do not pray with a view of informing God about things unknown to him or of exciting him to do his duty or of urging him as though he were reluctant. On the contrary, they pray in order that they may arouse themselves to seek him, that they may exercise their faith In meditating on his promises, that they may relieve themselves from their anxieties by pouring them into his bosom. In a word, that they may declare that from him alone they hope and expect both for themselves and for others all good things. And I experienced that yesterday at our prayer meeting. You know, you know that we have uh, our facility expansion plan, and at work, and timely we need to get it, get the plan done and decision done, and all other things. I had this floating anxiety, along with some of my uh, personal things I need to. You know, take the car into shop and, you know, get the oil change and other things. And the older I get, the little things bother me. Like, can't go to sleep at night, right? <laughs> On Saturday morning, as we begin to pray together, we, we always begin with an adoration of, of God and personal prayer, our confession of our sins and our burden. And as I'm doing that, I feel relieved. I was relieved. And we ought to do that every day. That's the essence of what give us this day our daily bread. Before I go to the next point, let me hear the famous story of George Mueller. George Miller was known for keeping records of answers of his prayer. And he took this Lord's Prayer literally and prayed. He didn't do much of analyzing and going out and making things happen. And you know also that George Miller is known as a father of orphans. His orphanage Uh, had many kids and one day they ran out of bread and went out of milk and then his uh, staff is informing him Mr. Mueller we don't have milk or bread for our kids today what shall we do just close the door and wait for me And he's not going out, looking for things, and he's praying. He prayed. He prayed this literally. Our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And if you're atheist and cynic, you could call it coincidence. The milk truck. So, I guess in that wheels and cart had an accident out there, right in front of the orphanage with a bread truck. So they couldn't do anything. <laughs> so they had to bring everything. Can you use this? Of course. We are there waiting for this God's answer. I, I don't remember exactly. More than 50 thousand answers recorded in his so we ought to pray like this Don't, do not regard, disregard because it's a small things number two this fourth petition teaches us to confess with gratitude that God is the provider of all our needs they're praying for our daily need. So the second word, a second, the three words that we're going to focus on this time, meditating, is give us an hour. Why give us? An, an hour has a little bit of uh, another application is there. Many of us are living in abundance. I mean, we're not filthy rich, but in America itself, is such a wealthy country, so we don't really worry about daily bread, what to eat. So does that mean this prayer is for those people who are in dire need? When you become, and I become, God forbid that happens, homeless, then we could start seriously praying, give us this day our daily bread. no, Jesus teaches all believers, followers of Jesus, to pray. And not only in dire need, but in abundance. Then what's the implication? It's an acknowledgement. It's confession. That Lord, everything I have, it came from you. And even though I have the bread to eat, I'm asking daily bread as an acknowledgement. And as a matter of fact, This is why we are to pray before meal. Why we are to give thanks before we partake any kind of eating with others. Alone too. Why? Jesus, even example of a John 16, John sixteen eleven, 11. Jesus feeding 5,000. Or any other passages you will mention. After, like a subtle phrase there after he had given thanks and he broke the bread why it is thanksgiving i love the story that hyojung just shared the power of gratitude to god change the perspective ourselves rather than circumstances And a lot of times, if we don't pray, we become pessimistic, we become discouraged, the view becomes dark, and in our culture, it's so easy to be self-entitled. Complain. All the time. So, you know, um, one of my contribution, I'm, a, I'm trying to be more involved at rather than Traditional Asian dad, right? So morning is my part, because Kate has prepared you know, you know lunch for them, and Kate goes to work and she needs to prepare herself. So I do breakfast. My mistake and well-meaning is give them an option. What, do, what would you like to eat? And I begin to make three different kinds of breakfast, sometimes four different kinds. So, when I was growing up, food is on the on the on the table. If you don't want it, you don't eat it. We're all hungry, so we're eating whatever is on the table. But there's so many sense we could be careful not to uh, train our kids to be self entitled, as if they they become, you know, I'm entitled to what what I need, what I want right now without praying we become like that and it is also how we can become generous for others daily needs communally And notice that it's a give me the, the petition is not give me my bread this day give us Not only your family, but your community of believers. Do you know that God's provision and answer to you is most times, oftentimes through other Christians. And I think many of us already experienced that. And You know, I, for one, um, I brought one of those items that I keep in my journal. Some of you guys vaguely remember, some of you don't know, so let me make a quick uh, context. About eight and a half years ago, I was part of big church, and I was going through midlife, And then trying to simplify it. I just couldn't continue on. And I just asked for God's Holy Spirit's guidance. And then scary answer in the middle of the night. At like 3 o'clock in the morning. God said, let it go. Take the free fall. I said, "Uh, I have four kids, four sons. We don't have savings. And all these are excuses. The real deep. Root scary thought is, I don't know what I would be without this church. I planted this church. I was going to bury my bone here, bones here. My identity is so closely tied it into it. Do you trust me? Let it go and I'll catch you. So I knew it was God's provision for me because I had this courage incredible courage. And what was the Spirit's leading? For the next coming year, to not work. Next six months, as you of back, you wait until I give you the next time. To not network, and to not do ministry, to not even look for opportunity for next job, ministry job. For six months, I was doing nothing. And we really, literally didn't have any savings. And one day, I hear a knock on the door. Some of you guys heard this story so so many times through my personal sharing, so bear with me, okay? (laughs) Seven o'clock in the morning, Saturday, this lady sticks out a little box and said, this box needs to be opened right away. And I go, huh? Who are you? Who is it from? I can't say. Uh... You saying that someone sending this anonymously? Yes, and then put it out. This box, this box needs to be opened right away. And I opened it. Our kids are on the, in the breakfast table, and this envelope came out. Romans verse, Romans chapter eleven, verse thirty three to thirty six. Oh, the depth of wisdom and richness of God's glory. No name. And I opened it. It's a crisp bank, $100 bills, $1,000 in there. And I'm just mesmerized, right? Coming into the breakfast table, and our kids are opened wide. like, Wow, who gave it to you? What what do you think? And one of our older kids said, God gave it to us. And I, I wanted to make a lesson out of this. Why do you think God gave it to us? Because he's a good father. He cares for us. That's the answer there. You know, one of our, one of our sons, a younger son, because you don't have a job? <laughs> <laughs> my, my crossway story is that that one year, God, there's so many miracles, as if I'm reading some missionary books about Miracles miracle, and ending with Wade and, Wade and Helen's home in Chingxi, the remote area, at the dinner table after each meal, each, each night, after our kids you know were put down, we put down the kids, we'll have a tea, and a conversation was about church and dreaming about oh wouldn't it be great we have this kind of church community and that became a birthing place for Crossway and I have a tons of other stories to tell really from that one year and then even our, our um, Crossway the way that God provided is because we just depend on through prayer and I became a believer in that usually the first few months I delegated prayer to one of our leaders. And then when you delegate, it means that it's one of the second best ministry. So I don't know how, you know, how large church will become. And I'm going to continue champion on prayer. As much as missions central, prayer is central to our church because of this. If you look at James chapter 1 verse 17 James the half brother of of Jesus writes this wisdom every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So whatever you have, even those of us feel that we are still struggling financially, whatever you have, your car and your house and your housing, rental or owned, everything you have, including the so much food in the refrigerator is given by God. It's from above. And then by praying that prayer, even today, and as we're going to lunch upstairs, we're going to pray together communally. What are we praying? We're acknowledging that God is the source of everything we have, that God is continually provider, even for the future. And we're thanking him for his provision. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, not part of ways, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Number three, the fourth petition teaches us to rely on God day-to-day for his daily provision for our needs Okay, this time another three words let's focus on this day and the word daily meditate on that why is this important because in American mentality because we get salary and usually some of you guys uh, every other week or monthly so our mindset is that rhythm, weekly or monthly, and some of you get bonuses or the commissions every six months. Give us our provision for six-month bread, for yearly bread. One one kind of obvious note for clarity so that there will be no misunderstanding. Proverbs is full of wisdom of planning ahead. that Jesus is not against planning ahead. but Jesus' wisdom is pray so that you could trust God today. so that you could trust God. God's provision. For daily, not weekly, not monthly, not yearly, bread. So what does that support, what does it teaches us? It has this idea of developing intimacy with God and learning to understand how to trust God in a, in a lifestyle is day-to-day, moment-by-moment dependence, utter dependence. Have you have you ever seen the people who are intimate relationship with God and they seem to trust God in a childlike manner? I know a few people. Um, and personally, I know, you know, my family members also too. But I remember reading about Dr. Bill Bright, the uh, the, uh, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, and now they call it themselves crew. One of the reasons why I was so drawn for his writings and teaching and I was participating in his, the Campus Crusade Ministry as a staff as well is that his story and the people who knew him personally and even in the middle of the street when they need a taxi to get to the conference center together in the middle of the street and he will say, "Let's pray." And the the, the person who is telling the story is a Dr. Kim, who's the president of Kore- Korean Campus Crusade, and very, you know, sheepishly he said, "I'm embarrassed. In, just in the middle of the street, he couldn't say it." But they prayed. As soon as they opened their eyes, the taxi was riding in front of them. But as if he anticipated. Oh, God answered our prayer. I am not saying the using the uh, using prayer as a vending machine, cosmic vending machine. God just, you know, I push the button and then he will do it. But in an intimate relationship with God. And our children develop that relationship with us. They know how to ask and they know what to expect and they know how to be in that healthy relationship with Upon dependence on, on their parents. So I ask you, is your prayer like that? Is it a constant day to day dependence or a transactional communication? I did my quiet time, Lord, at least four days in a row, so you got to give this to me. Or I went to church, I gave missions fund. no our father has more than what we need i think i want to hone in this idea of not worrying but praying turning the worrying into praying matthew 6:34 says therefore do not Be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Instead of worrying and being anxious, what do we know? Philippians 4, 6. Not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. So, two quick applications as we close. Number one. We are to pray for our daily needs with childlike trust and reliance on our Heavenly Father, seeking God's glory through His provision. Pray for small needs with simple faith in God. What comes to your mind that you haven't taken it to the Lord because it seems so small? Because you lack faith. Let's do that small knees to God. Pray for all your knees in light of supreme concern for God's glory. Do not separate it and do not compartmentalize it. Do not negotiate with God. Everything I have came from you and your glory is my joy. Use me for your glory. And pray for others in your community as you seek to be used as God's answer to their prayers. So why is this important? As we are, as God makes a provision for our food and drink, in First 1 Corinthians 10.34 gives us that supreme concern. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, to all, to the glory of God. Second application, we are to take Everything to God in prayer, learning to pray as a way of life in day-to-day dependence on God. So let's turn worries, our worries, to prayer each day. I'm serious. get, get this. Okay, remember this. Every time you worry about something, go somewhere and pray. And if you cannot go somewhere, go to the go to the bathroom and pray. Don't close your eyes when you drive, when you're worried. <laughs> Just pray. And let's also turn our grumbling to thank- thanksgiving. Whenever you feel like grumble something, about something, you give thanks. Lord, I thank you for giving health to my son. Instead of he has an attitude problem, he's not doing this Lord, I thank you that he has such a good intelligence. (laughs) Let's turn God's answer to our prayer. To worship. Joyful praise. And no wonder John 16 verse 24, Jesus said, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And I close with this famous hymn that came to my mind as I am preparing. In 1855, this hymn was write, written, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer, or oh, what peace we often por- forfeit, or oh, what needless pain we bear, all because We do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden? Cumbered with load of care, precious savior, still our refuge, take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise forsake you? take it to the Lord in prayer in his arms he will take and shield you you will find a solace there. May that be our practice in the coming week. Let's take everything to God in prayer and turning our worries and grumblings into prayer and thankfulness. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your wisdom, your teaching, Uh, and this privilege of prayer that we could have access to the almighty God and throne of mercy and grace anytime, anywhere we are in need. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for not only for your teaching, but for your precious blood shed on the cross for our sins, Providing our confident access to the throne of grace. Holy Spirit, teach us to take everything to God in prayer, change our prayer life, change our concept of God and concept of small things in, in our knees, in daily knees. And may he crossway experience deeper love and intimacy and God's miracles through the privilege of prayer. May joy, joy, your joy be ours. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.